All right, what's up, everybody? Um, we're going to be on this message. Wow. <laughs> Wish everyone could come up here one by one and see this. It's good to be back. It's Okay, we're, we're, I think we're easing into what it's like to be back together. Uh, not only heart to heart and spirit to spirit, but face to face uh, and join together. So we're going to have two messages today. We're getting into a book called Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. Verse 1 says, the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Um, and it's not the most familiar book. It's a book in the Old Testament written by Solomon. It's poetic, but this book is incredibly vivid and unique in what it portrays. It's the only book in the entire Bible that shows what it shows. And we're going to get into it. Um, so since it's not that familiar, we're going to have um, someone come up, Nathaniel, I think. And we have, so we have the outline for this message on discovering the Lord's loveliness. Uh, the page right before it, we see Act 1. This corresponds to Chapter 1 of Song of Songs uh, in the Bible. And by the way, since there's a lot of new faces, and we, some people may have forgot who I am, I'm Josh. I serve with CSOC. Um, I, I love to be with you guys and enjoy the Lord together. It's, it's like the greatest thing on earth. Um, but Nat, do you, want to, do you have a mic? Okay. Why don't we all, we can, so we can follow through with him, just like on, I think we know how to do that by now, how to follow, be on mute and follow someone else. But you don't have to be on mute, though. Act one. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils have a pleasant fragrance. Your name is like ointment poured forth. Therefore, the virgins love you. Draw me. We will run after you. The king has brought me into his chamber. We will be glad and rejoice in you. We will extol your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. I am black but lovely, O daughters of Jerusalem. Like the tents of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon. Do not look at me because I am black, because the sun has scorched me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard I have not kept. Tell me, you whom my soul loves, where do you pasture your flock? Where do you make it lie down at noon? For why should I be like one who is veiled beside the flocks of your companions? If you yourself do not know, you fairest among them, go forth on the footsteps of the flock and pasture your young goats by the shepherd's tents. I compare you, my love, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariots. Your cheeks are lovely with plates of ornaments, your neck with strings of jewels. We will make you plates of gold with studs of silver. While the king was at his table, my spikenard gave forth its fragrance. My beloved is to me a bundle of myrrh that lies at night between my breasts. My beloved is to me a cluster of henna flowers in the vineyards of Engedi. Oh, you are beautiful, my love. You are beautiful. Your eyes are like doves. You are beautiful, my beloved. 
truly pleasant. Indeed, our couch is green. The beams of our house are cedars. Our rafters are cypresses. I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. As a lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. As the apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among the sons. In his shade, I delighted and sat down, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me into the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. Sustain me with raising peace, refresh me with apples, for I am sick with love. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand embraces me. I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or by the hinds of the fields, not to rouse up or awaken my love until she pleases. Thanks. <clears throat> Thanks, Nat. Okay. Um, and as you can tell, we wanted to read through that because this is, this is in the books of poetry in the Bible. And poetry, it needs to be unpacked and interpreted with the revelation uh, that's congruous with the entire Bible. Um, and what we know for sure is at the center of every interpretation in the Bible is Christ. He tells us. In Luke 24, he, he's walking with these two disciples, and he says, he opens up all the books of the Old Testament, including the books of poetry, and he opens them concerning himself. So there's a lot of things we can get from any book of the Bible we study, uh, an Old Testament book especially, especially something as poetic and laudacious as this what we just read. Um, but when Jesus opened up these stories from the Old Testament with himself, as the center. Do you know what happened to those two disciples as they were walking with him? <laughs> he, he goes off and they, did, they, 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 did, they didn't know. They're just like, man, there's something about that guy. And as he, then their hearts, and when they realized it was him, they, they, their hearts burn. They said, we're not our hearts burning within us while he was opening the scriptures. So when we open the scriptures and have Christ as the center, not just a Christ that lived 2,000 years ago, but a Christ that, throughout the pandemic, a Christ that right now, irregardless of your condition, irregardless of your feelings, uh, if you're a blood-washed, spirit-born believer, he is right here in our midst. He's right in you, between your shoulder blades somewhere. That Christ dwells in you. Uh, and he's ready to for, to for our hearts to burn. And what does he want our hearts to burn with? With love. Yeah, who said that? No, you don't have to raise your hand. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> with love. If you don't, if I ask questions, you don't know the answer, you could always say love. You can say Jesus. You have a great shot, and you'll get an extra sticker, right? Okay. Ask Austin after. He will give you a sticker. Um, let me let's start with let me start with a little story. I was um, overseas doing kind of like overseas missionary work for a year uh, in Europe when a lot of the refugees from the Middle East were forced out of their homeland. Um, there was a lot of amazing experiences meeting these people in, in like such, this, such a state. There was this one in particular named Ebi, a young man in his late 20s, 
We go into this camp, this, this high school gymnasium with tent curtain, tents separating rooms, and, we, and he meets us. We start talking a while, and he goes, are you guys Christians? And we're like, yes, we're Christians. And he starts getting emotional. And at this, at this point, I'm like, I like do, they, do they want us to leave? We've encountered all sorts of people are like, okay, well, we'll leave your territory if you want. And he goes, you're the first Christians I've met my entire life. And he goes, baptize me. <laughs> yeah, that was like the third sentence. <laughs> it's like, I've never, still never met a freshman at UT that did that. <laughs> Are you a Christian? <laughs> no. Um, so Ebby, and turns out five years earlier, um, he's, in a, he's in a, you know, he's in a, the Middle East where it's, first of all, illegal to convert. Um, and if you convert to uh, Christianity, the mandatory sentence is death. And if your family member doesn't turn you in for, for converting and hides it, they're also liable to death. So he couldn't tell a lot of people about it. But he, one night he had this dream, um, and he told us all about it. He was just in his bed, and somehow in his dream he met Jesus, and he was rolling his head in the pillow and just saying, Jesus, Jesus. He had this desire. Where did it come from? He didn't know, but he wanted to meet Jesus and find out who Jesus is. Is he a fairy tale? Is he just what Westerners believe out there? If I was born there, that's the only difference about geography? Is that the only difference? He had to know. But when he woke up and he said, Yeshua, he was not the same. He met Jesus. Um, And I'll never forget this. We had a lot of time. It was awesome. One time he he came to his first Christian church meeting. And he stood up and he could barely speak. We we're going to baptize him that day. And he, he was again emotional. He goes, I've been waiting five years to meet you all. This is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Kind of like how I, how I felt. Um, but he also told me, said, Josh, Islam, where all my family is, what I grew up in, is a religion steeped in, based on, not L-O-V-E, but fear. He said, one day you'll meet your maker and you better be 51% good in your deeds and actions or else. And he said, Lo- like to even talk about loving God, it's, it's like talking about, it's, you, sound, you sound foolish. It's like saying, I'm in love with this person I've never met. Like, what do you know about him? I don't. Have you ever met them? No. <laughs> I mean, we just, you have, there's a, criteria before we can ever love anything or anyone. Number, num, uh, among my great loves in my 33 years, besides the Lord Jesus, which is chief, is, my, my, of course, my lovely, uh, my, my wife, the best wife in the world, uh, Gonzaga basketball. That still hurts. It hurt this year when they lost. I, I grew up right next to the university. But, you know, love is an emotion that every human has the capacity for. It does something to us. It actually, you can know, the story is no longer static when love is involved. When love is involved, if it's a basketball team, you're going to hurt if they don't win at all. If it's a pet, sorry to say that my dog died when I was little, and it was sad. It's, it's, don't, don't love the pet. It's dangerous to love, people. Never love anything. <laughs> that's, what, that's not what I'm here to tell you. But love has a way to open us up. And we encounter realms we never knew were possible. 
Uh, it's not just we have a different nar narrative than people in other parts of the world. But Ebby said that God is love and he loves me has changed my entire life. Love? If I say I love in eternity before any of this, that rock was there, before any of us were here, God loved. God is love. He can't not love. But what did he love? You have to love is not a static term. It has trajectory. It has direction. It has impulse. It has purpose. Okay? And love, it's one thing to know a story, and it's one thing to be brought into that story and live it. Only love can bring us into the story of the Bible. I don't care if someone here knows, has read the Bible a hundred times, and you've memorized so many verses, and we ask you about prophecies, and then you can just snipe it, kill it. But if there's no love, love's grown cold, um, we're not in that story. We're on the outside looking in. Love merges us with the eternal God of love. And you know, the entire Bible is a book. You could say it's a book of life, which it is, I'm going to talk about. It's also a book of love. The author, praise God, the author has love in his heart. He has, he has love in his being. His being is love. What if that wasn't the case? I wouldn't even want to read the Bible. Whoa. Think about that. We're made in his image, and we, we, we have to love. To not love is not to live. But we're made in his image, and we long to love. Let me tell you, if we as Christians don't enter into the fullest, the, full, the fullness of the story here in Song of Songs, yes, we'll love, but our love, it may not apex. It may not reach its intended goal. We may love, but... Yeah, I'm a Christian. I mean, it's been all right. When, when, when you're about to die one day on your deathbed, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. An another good part of my life was I, I love Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that was a good part. That was nice. I met some nice people. The Bible's good teachings. <laughs> I hope, uh, anyway, when we get to this book, we're all refreshed that we're in a story of love. Um, and the goal at the end of this book, Song of Songs, at the end of the Bible and hopefully we touch this in our lifetime. It's not just God. We know God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? He didn't give you brisket. He didn't give you uh, a free Starbucks gift card. He didn't give you free parking at UT. He gave you himself in his son. There's nothing more he could give. Nothing better. Nothing more all-inclusive. Um, his love caused him to give everything, risk everything. And right now, um, if you'd ask me, where is that love on the earth? A love that mirrors, I would just hate it if I would do anything for my wife. And I just loved her so much that I, I would die for her. And then we have a date night on Friday, and I say, where... What's up, Chase? Do you love Jesus? I love Jesus. Woo! Ah, oh, you're in the right place, bro. Okay. Um, what if my wife 
uh, it's our date night. And I'm like, where are you? I have the reservation. And she goes, oh my gosh, I forgot. <laughs> my, this, this old guy from high school was in town that I used to know. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'd be like, cool. I'd be like, for sure. It wouldn't just be a one word like, okay, no period. <laughs> You're talking vengeance, fire. Okay. I want a love in return that matches my love in intensity, in quality, in vibrancy, in sacrifice. At the end of the book of Song of Songs, there's, a, there's, there's something the Lord has, and he can, point to the, he can point to it and say, Devil, you did everything to ruin this man, but the story that I brought my people into is a love story, not out of fear, not, not because of anxiety, but out of love. Look at her. She looks the same as me. When she says, when I say I love you, I don't, I don't have to wait for it. And it's like, wait, I didn't hear anything. Is there any spots on the rock where you can hear an echo? You know, okay. Well, what if we... <laughs> it's like God's playing ping pong with himself against the wall. Like no one can return it to him. No one can laugh at his jokes. No one can say... He can say, I love you, and they say, I love you. The same way. I give up my life for you. At the end of the book, Song of Songs, in this story, the, the lover, the, the beloved, has the same love that she would even give herself. A love that would cause such sacrifice that matches his. And at one point, he even said, he tells her when she's almost full grown and at this stage of maturity where her love matches his, he says, she looks at him and he says, stop looking at me. It's too much. I mean, it's poetry. You got it, right? Uh, what does that mean? Brothers and sisters, think about this. For more than millennia, for eternity, God's like, where's my ping pong partner? Where's my person to watch season six with? We, who's, who's the person who knows, who finishes my sentence? Never had it. Never had it. That matches him. Life, nature, vibrancy, sinlessness. He's, it's too much for him to handle. Anyway, I can, I can kind of relate to that a little bit. Let me just tell a quick story. I, when I was, I was in Europe uh, working over there um, in, in a Christian service, which was really awesome, and I started um, seeing my wife, well, I mean, before we got married, and it was like a lot of phone calls, a lot of video calls, which when at the time, that was my only video call of the week, but even if it wasn't, I would have looked forward to it, uh, and I was just beside myself. I was just beside myself. I was like, admittedly, a horrible employee. <laughs> like this one time I was in, we were in Germany and, and my, my partner, we park on this hill. And of course, everything's stick shift in Europe. And I park and we get out of the car and the car starts rolling down the hill. And this guy, John, he jumps in and slams his hand on the brake. He's like, what are you doing, Josh? Get your head out of the clouds. And I'm like, dude, you're right, man. <laughs> I should not be operating heavy machinery. <laughs> but why? Because I was in love. 
Love changes us. It, it, it transforms us. And, and of course, this, this example I'm giving of human love, between a, in a holy matrimony, being joined with another person, is an incredible example. But it still falls short of what the Lord uh, wants and gets in the Bible. Um, yeah, it's, it's so awesome. Okay. Um, I promise we, well, I hope we will, I, I have a message to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, so this book, Song of Songs, it's a history of love. That means you can see your full history if you read the book of Song of Songs and see it with Christ and experiencing Christ and becoming his bride. Listen, listen, at the end of the book, this is like a spoiler, okay, but it, it's worth it. Um, he gives her different names and addresses her, but at the end of the book, because she's matured to a stage that matches him, he's Solomon the king. What am I going to call her? What am I going to call the woman I marry and I'm, I'm bedazzled by? I'm paralyzed by her when I see her. He calls her Shulamite. <laughs> right? Um, what is Shulamite? It's the feminine version of Solomon. Like, what's an example? Daniel. And at the end, he says, Daniela. <laughs> it's, it's like that. It's like, you, you fully match me because you've loved me. I put you in a process. You believed, not only believed, but you loved yourself into the greatest story on earth that is true. Your sin, I undid the works of the devil. I undid the sin acts and nature. I beautified you. I, I sanctified you with my holy nature and my abundant life. Now, when I look at you, it's, she's not, she doesn't have to be ashamed before the king of kings. Like, well, uh, you're this king, but I'm a, I'm a little poor sinner. No. Even the memory of that is wiped out. Everything she used to be. He doesn't see it, and she doesn't remember it. This is like too good to be true, right? You guys are like, wait, I want, I want to watch that movie. I want to read that book. It's in the Bible. I'm telling you, Song of Songs. Um, so it's a history of love, and it's progressive. Like I've been hinting towards, it's progressive. So stage by stage, or, or we have it act to act. There's six different songs, and there's four different stages at, at different parts. Did you know in your Christian life, as you grow in life and mature toward a mature son of God, there's four different stages that you can, you can actually point to and realize I'm progressively advancing. I'm not just believing and then that's it. The rest of my life doesn't really matter what I do. But I'm progressively progressing. Man, the book of Song of Songs is so awesome because it shows it so clearly, stage by stage. And don't, don't, don't even worry about asking yourself, what stage am I? If you have that question, you're definitely stage one or lower. <laughs> we won't, <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you joke about someone else's stage, you're stage one or lower, though. <laughs> the brothers are always like, bro, you're. So, you're such a stage one. <laughs> that was a stage one mistake. No, okay, but listen. Listen, if I would say, okay, 
Seesock, we're a club. Our, 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 our lives, what some of the people in this club have given their life for is not to build up the biggest club, any kind of club, but it's to present this story and to bring people into this story in this progressive story. And it's not, and I, I should say this, as it's progressive, it's not linear. So it's not like better and better, like in our heads, right? I should become better and better person. It's not like that. It's, it's like cyclical, which means even if you, you're in stage one and you go on, you never leave stage one. You never leave it. The lessons you've learned, the experiences you've had, you continually have them cyclically, kind of like the seasons of the year, fall, winter, spring. What's the last one? Summer. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> and there's this cycle, but we're not just running around in a circle with chick- like chickens with our head cut off. As we're going cyclically, experiencing Christ, growing in him, pursuing him, wanting him, loving him, we're going higher and higher. And the awesome thing is the higher and higher you get in the life, it's not like, dang, look at me. It's like, it's actually you're less and less aware of what you are. And you're more and more conscious of who he is. Isn't that awesome? You're more conscious and aware of who he is and what he's doing. Not of yourself, not of, and we're, we're, we're going to, Kyle's going to take us on, he's going to take us through to the next stage tonight, and it is going to be awesome. I almost want to just end now so we can just get to that sooner. But we, I should at least get to the outline. Um, <laughs> um, I just want to say a few more things. Do you, you guys know, um, do you guys know the, our, kind of our banner verse in Sea Sockets on our orange shirts? What is it? Colossians 3, 4, and we take a part of it, Christ, our life. This is a huge revelation. This was a mind-boggling revelation that changed my life in college. When I found out Christ wasn't just a guy that lived 2,000 years ago, now we emulate him until we meet him. He resurrected, and he didn't just go to heaven, not just. As the life-giving spirit, he poured himself out and was breathed into us as our life. Nothing more subjective So this whole book of Song of Songs is a progression in life. And the catalyst, the driver of it all is love. If we know about it, but we don't love, sorry, we're not in it. Um, So a book that we go through a lot in CSOC, and a lot lot of it's great to go through in college and when we're young believers, we're having our college conference on it, is the Gospel of John, which is the gospel of life. The word life comes up there more than any other book in the Bible. Um, So we know that Christ, Christ says, in him was life, the divine life. He says, I have come that they may have the divine life. He says, I am the life. Does anyone know what chapter 21 of John ends with? What all this revelation of life, the doctrine of life, what it hinges on? I said you just say love if you don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's love. It's, uh, yeah, John 21. Get this. The disciples, and a lot of us are familiar, Peter had a lot of failures, but he had a really big failure. He denied Jesus at his most crucial moment. 
I don't know what you can equate that to, but it's, it's at the wrong time. You did the wrong thing to the wrong person, and he was done. But Jesus, when he resurrected, sent the word, go tell the disciples and Peter. And it, 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 for sure, the grace that met Peter at hearing that word, Christ should be done with me. I denied him to his face, but I'm not. Okay, that was, that was before the Lord died. Check this. Even after Jesus died and resurrected and appeared to the disciples, they could shake his hands, they could touch him, they could eat with him. And he's like, I've died, I've risen. What more convincing do you need than to see the resurrected Christ? Right on Easter, a lot of people say, if I could see Jesus actually resurrected, of course I'd believe. I mean, what more could you see? Maybe during the pandemic, you had the thought at one point, I've seen so much. I've been in Seesaw for years. I've had revelation of Christ. I've, I've, I've told the Lord that I want to give myself to him. So I've, I've had experiences of him. I've seen the resurrected Christ. Yet, you still fell back. You still backslid. Even after that revelation, John 21, it's the absolute necessary book to end the, the Gospel of John with. Peter backslides again. He says, I'm discouraged. I'm going back to my old way of life. I'm going back to the world, how I used to do things before I met Jesus. I'm going fishing. And he brings the other brothers with him. <laughs> Forget this. We can't even see this guy. We're just discouraged. And of course, they were under a period of training, training how to live and love someone you've never seen. Is, that's why we're here today. We need training. <laughs> we need a lot of help. Um, but they, they're out fishing. And through the whole night, you go back to the world. You go back with your friends. You go back and you do that thing again. And after all you've seen... And it says the whole night they caught nothing. You can go out there. You can go back. You ain't catching anything. <laughs> then Jesus is there on the beach. They see this guy like, who's that guy? And he said, hey, little ones, try the other side of your boat. Not the other pond, the other side of your boat. And they can't even pull it up. And of course, they're like, it's him. It's the Lord. And they swim back. And I love this first line that comes from Jesus. He says, come, have breakfast. You guys are hungry, aren't you? you it's, it's, it's not that much food in the world that satisfies you, does it? Does, does binge watching this or that really satisfy you? He's like, come have breakfast. Come have some food that will satisfy. And then he approaches Peter once again, who led this trail of backsliders back to the world. He says, Peter, do you love me? And he's like, I, I love you, Lord. And he asks him again, Peter, do you love me? And he asks him a third time, why? Because Peter denied the Lord three times. The last time Peter says, Lord, you know, I don't even trust myself anymore. But I, you know. And as, honest I can, as honestly as I can say, I love you. And he did. And a lot more at that point than ever before. Because through his failures, something of love was going on in him. Every time he was restored, his love wasn't, it, you don't just go back to the status quo of like, oh, I've been away for a while, now I'm going to go back to where I was before. No. He advanced. He progressed. The Song of Songs is a progressive revelation. You may feel like you've gone down, but you might just be going down in the cycle. 
in the big picture, which we can't even tell, we're going up. Proverbs 4.18, one of my favorite verses says, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, shining brighter and brighter until the full day. We're not that aware of how much we shine. We're often aware of how much we don't shine. And that's why I love the book of Song of Songs. It doesn't start with a, uh, a heed. Are you on time? Okay. Um, love the Lord or this book isn't for you. It doesn't come with a call, muster up the love. Come on. I died for you. Love me. <laughs> like, it's not a, com- although God does command us to love him. You shall love the Lord with all your heart. And he only commands it because he can do it in us. Okay, but let's, I'm out of time. <laughs> let's look at a few of these verses. Huh? Encore. Yeah. Um, look at just how it starts. Um, I hope you guys all, we all know this verse, 1 John four nineteen. We love because he first loved us. Book of Song of Songs shows that again and again. It's not because we work up our love. Oh, oh, I should have been loving the Lord. You know what almost all our mistakes issue out of? We don't love the Lord enough. And you know what the Lord tells the first church that falls into degradation? And their chief degradation was, you've left your first love for me, your best love. You love me, but not the best. It's not that you don't love me. It's not that Jesus came into the church and said, you don't love me. They said, well, of course we love you. He said, you don't love me with the best. I don't just want to be first place. I want to be first, second, and third. <laughs> I, want to be, I want to be first in every category. It's like he wants to win every Olympic gold medal in our life. <laughs> That's the kind of love he comes to us with. And so our love is a response. And to that church, he says, repent, therefore. And I have just been appreciating this in a basic way these last months of saying, Lord, forgive me. I just don't love you like I should. But I do love you. Lord, forgive me for not loving you with my best love. I wasn't saying, Lord, I'm going to love you. I love you. I just said, I love you more than that. I just couldn't work it up. But as I repented, every time the Lord to my surprise, many times met me again. He's like, I know you don't. It's okay. We're in a progressive story of love. One day you will. And so this story of our entering into love is loving him, desiring him and pursuing him. And it starts by his drawing us. The only pursuing power we have is his drawing power. If the Lord wasn't the most lovely person on earth, then I think we should have canceled the Enchanted Rock outing. <laughs> Guys, welcome to one of the top 10 things on earth you can do. Love Jesus. This is, this is, it's, he's the best. Whatever, whatever is a close rival is not actually a rival. He's unrivaled. He's better. In verse, I think four, what verse is it? There's no, there's, no, there's no numbers on this. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, line two. Your love is better than wine. Do you guys know what wine is? Oh, I'm, this is not an AA meeting. We're not, 
Love is love. So wine is the joy that the world can offer you. Yeah! Next day. Oh! That's the wine of the world. It doesn't fulfill its promise. But the, but the lover, she's been drawn. She says, Lord, your love is better than every wine. Every joy the world can offer. Your love is better. Jesus is better. And I hope on these points, we would take these verses and challenge Christ. Challenge God. Lord, you have to be better. Your word says it's better. I don't know if it's better than that. But there's something else. So let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils have a pleasant fragrance. Your name is like ointment poured forth. Skip ahead. Draw me. We will run after you. The king has brought me into his chambers. In those first four verses, there's taste. There's touch. There's smell. It's this fragrance. There's touch with the kiss. There's taste with the better wine. And there's hearing with his uh, hearing his his hearing his name. What what is the, what's the hearing? I have it. I have it in my other Bible. But there's there's these four senses, and as we get even into proximity of him, and the only reason any of us love the Lord at all is because at some point or another there was someone just like we were at that refugee camp in your proximity who could offer the fragrance of Christ to you offer the taste of the best wine and the result was you said let him kiss me draw me it's not I will do this for you it's Lord draw me you have to draw me more you draw me we will pursue after you um, and then you see these four senses. And then finally, after being drawn by him and running together with your, your peers, you know what happens? You ent- the king brings you into his chambers. What are the chambers? Surely they're a personal and intimate place with the Lord. Chambers, you apply this in the New Testament, the chamber where the king dwells, where he can righteously meet with us face to face and converse with us and pour out his love into our hearts, is our human spirit, where God, the spirit, dwells. We don't have to go to a mountaintop to meet him. We don't have to do a special chant to meet him. We simply have to find him and meet him in our spirit and we can see him. This, okay, and I don't, I'm not even going to go to my outline. I'm not going to have time. But these points, the person was Roman one. That's Christ, the bridegroom, the lovely one. Number two is his presence. And that is in our spirit. Okay? Um. That's where you, when it's a game changer for a lot of our CSOC students when they realize when you read through the New Testament, you see, wow, the spirit is the place where the Lord dwells and I can contact him so easily. It's a game changer. 
And I love this. Once you're in the chamber, you say, we will be glad and rejoice in you. We will extol your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. What's she doing? She's there, and in her spirit, the future is unfolding. A limitless future has now unfolded before. Before, sometimes a lot of Christians I meet, I know I was this way. It's like, I'm saved. Now what? I guess just be a good person? Go to, go to Christmas service and Easter service? But once you get to your spirit and you see him, your future in Christ unfolds limitlessly. And you say, whoa, we will, and you see yourself in the future, we will extol your love more than wine. We will be glad and rejoice in you. And then she has this revelation, rightly do they love you. What does that mean? It means before this point, they were, why do these people, why are they such Jesus lovers? They're freaks. What's wrong with them? But now she gets to her spirit and she sees the most lovely one. She says, they were right. I get it now. I get it. All along, I thought they were crazy. Now I know they're right. Lord, rightly did they love you. That's the most right thing to do. Okay? This is what happens when we get to the person in Song of Songs, and we get to the, his presence, which is seeing him in our spirit. I'm at point two in our outline. Um, and I just want to read this, this verse, 1 Corinthians 2.9 at the bottom of the part two. Thing, but as it is written, things which eye has not seen, and ear has not heard, and which have not come up in man's heart, things which God has prepared for those who regularly read their Bible, for those who are really good Christians. Guys, there's things which your eye has not seen, which your ear has never heard, which have never even come up in man's heart. As Wait, that's possible? And it's reserved solely for the people who love him. Because love can transport us into another realm in our Christian life. Things we've never imagined. Okay, guys, his person, the most lovely person, and being drawn to him. If you find these things while you're in Seasock, you got it. If you find him, if you find your spirit, and if you find, lastly, his purpose. So when she's in, her, when she's in the chambers, she becomes aware, and she says, by the way, where do you pastor your flock? We read that. What's happening? She's like, you are, this is so amazing. This is the most amazing, enjoyable, satisfying thing a person can do. But you're not just like a, the Wizard of Oz. You're not just like some power out there. You're a person. What do you want? She says, wait, where do you pasture your flocks? She's led through a number of experiences. And what happens is here, Song of Songs 2-4. He brought me in to his banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. We find the person. We find the place he resides, and we're brought into his purpose. It's to have his house of feasting where his people are feasting on him and loving him. It's a banqueting house. And this is to find, and I don't know, maybe even we'll hear some senior testimonies like this. We hear them a lot. I found the church life to be the greatest joy on earth. It's just the banqueting house. Some people were testifying last night. They 
got together in their home meeting after not being together for so long. Grant, were you there? Was it I? <laughs> no, they said it was like, it was beyond what they ever remembered. Like the greatest joy on earth. You with other believers loving Jesus. Just in the banqueting house. And do you know what the banner over us through this whole progressive romantic story is? His banner over us is love. No matter what our failures have been, no matter what your condition is, his banner over you is love. No matter what stage of that cycle you're in, his banner over us is love as we're in this banqueting now. So these three items in stage one of the Song of Songs, Christ himself, the one who draws us, our spirit where he is, and the banqueting house. Um, these are a few of the landmarks in this first chapter. Um, yeah, well, why, don't we, why don't we stop our first session there?